It's Friday, September 18th, episode 33 of the Sports Wagon Podcast begins now. Good morning, everyone. The sun will be rising very shortly on the East Coast. And with that will be the beginning of the second day of the U.S. Open Golf's second major. And welcome again to the podcast. My name is It's Uncle Dub. Uh, follow me on Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. So we had an interesting day at the U.S. Open. So um, Tiger Woods. So we're on this podcast. We've been kind of tracking the activities of Tiger Woods and uh, Serena Williams in their quest in their individual sports to um, go after the major championship record. Um, so in this particular iteration of the U.S. Open at Winged Foot in uh, outside of New York City, um, Tiger Woods is plus three. Um, he kind of had a very um, up and down day as he has been uh, throughout um, this golf season, especially in the majors. Um, Phil Mickelson is two under. So Phil Mickelson uh, is old enough to qualify to play um, senior golf. And he took some time away from the regular um, PGA Tour to go play senior tour, won a couple of events to kind of get ready for the U.S. Open this year. This is the only major he hasn't won. So it's kind of, you know, good for him to kind of have a good start uh, in this event. Um, Colin Morikawa, who won the PGA Championship, the uh, previous major before, he is, he finished the day six over par. So he's got a lot of work to do if he wants to survive the weekend. And defending champion uh, Gary Woodland, is that plus four. So a lot of interesting storylines to go into today's second round. Um, so a lot of movement has to occur in order for many of these players to make it through the weekend. So the cut line I suspect will probably be um, probably pretty low because your leader at this time is Justin Thomas. He's in the clubhouse at five under, which is really good behind him is Patrick Reed and Thomas Peters. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out today and see if first Tiger Woods makes to the weekend and then how does he manage the weekend. So a lot of it's going to depend upon how everyone else in front of him will manage their play. Um, moving over briefly to the NBA. So the Heat were down big time. And they ended up coming back to beat the Celtics. They are up 2-0 in the series. I mean, whew, the Heat, they're, they're picking up their game at the right time. And, uh, you know, Bam Adebayo just um, went at it. So, I mean, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this is going to play out. But I think right now it's looking really good for the Miami Heat. The Celtics they have to dig themselves out of a hole. And when they go at it um, – Again, I think in a couple of days, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, can can Boston overcome the pressure of being down 2-0 and um, kind of make this a series. Uh, tonight, uh, game one of the Western Conference Finals, another surprising team, the Denver Nuggets, was surprising from the standpoint of, you know, a lot of people didn't think they would be there, but they played some great basketball as well. They'll take on the Lakers. Everyone's prohibitive favorite to win this thing. So right now, I mean... It could be the Lakers in Miami. It could be the Nuggets in Miami. We, I mean, tonight's going to tell the story, and over the next few days, it's going to be interesting to see how the NBA playoffs will 
push us towards a eventual champion without an asterisk. That's that's the thing that people have been talking so much about. Will the NBA playoffs once it's over would the champion have an asterisk by it? And I will say absolutely not. This has been a fantastic um, format, and I'm very excited about who's going to be champion. So um, you know, it's 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 going to continue to be compelling basketball until uh it ends um some news and notes from some other sports here so the big story this week at least from the college football standpoint the big 10 will play football they'll start the weekend of october 24th um so a number of players players have been given the option to opt back in as long as they have not hired an agent so i think sean Wade from ohio state who is a cornerback he is 13th on todd mcshay's um, NFL draft pick list. He has opted back in to play for the Buckeyes. So the way this is going to work um, right now, the, the idea is for the teams to play eight games. They'll play four home, four away, six within their division, and two crossover games. So the schedule should be out sometime later next week, I believe. Um, so the Pac-12 has been in contact with the Big Ten. Uh, the governors of California and Oregon have okayed um, players to play. So the Pac-12 is trying to potentially get back into it. But again, they've also had the the bad luck of also having the fires that have been going on uh, in, in the Pacific Northwest and in California. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Pac-12 can get these games on. If not, uh, it could be um, you know, tough sledding for the Pac-12. They may have to sit this one out still. Um, so the big thing that the Big Ten was doing was trying to um, look at additional medical evidence that um, th- that could support playing and new evidence came up. They're going to do more testing. Um, and uh, I think Ohio State's um, medical director was leading the, um, the committee. Northwestern's medical director um, chimed in with some additional resources that could be used, but they're going to uh, test more often. They'll use a color-coded system to ensure that if teams um, have outbreaks, then they will color-code them, I think, uh, green, yellow, red, or something like that. And if it's red, teams will have to suspend activities for seven days. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to play out. Um, you know, in my opinion, I've always wanted the teams to play, but I wanted to happen safely it's happening however we have seen some postponements um one no notable postponement this week byu and army so that was the game i was looking forward to this week and i think it still is going to be a good game if they are able to make it up um but byu if you remember get week one went to uh, navy and just blew the doors off the midshipmen and Army's playing good football right now, but it's going to be interesting to see would, would Army's front line, defensive line, be able to contain BYU's running game. And that was the thing that I think um, outside of Navy not having tackling activities for a while because of COVID, um, and they weren't as prepared as they needed to be, you know, can Army, um, you know, not get muscled around up front? I think that would be the the big the, the big question here um not a whole lot of games to pick this week um the only game that looks fairly interesting 
for me is Miami and Louisville. That's the primetime game on ABC. I don't know what college game day will be this week. I'm going to suspect they're going to be uh, in Louisville. I'm not 100% sure. I have to kind of check that out. But um, based upon that, looking at the schedule again, um, I think it's going to be uh, – I'll probably go with Louisville in this one. Louisville is – um, 18th rank, Miami 17th rank. I don't think I'm going to take Louisville in this game. Um, they're definitely um, a team that, you know, blew, blew everyone away last year, um, came out of nowhere under uh, first-year head coach Scott Satterfield. So, um, you know, we'll see how that's going to play out. I think they've got the tools. They've got a great quarterback who's coming back. So they're going to really be good. Miami's 1-0. Um, you know, they're trying to play for uh, Manny Diaz's job this season. I think Louisville has the edge in this game. Um, also, um, a noon game between uh, Houston and Baylor on Fox. Um, so I just saw this headline. Two former disciples of uh, Mike Leach are going at each other. So it would be Dave Aranda versus uh, Dana Holgerson at Houston. So you're going to have a really good Baylor team, a really good Houston team. Hmm. I'm going to pick this one on the spot. I'm going to go with Houston on this one. Usually they're you know, the uh, run and shoot type of offense. So I'm going to take Houston in this one, and we'll see how it goes. So two games. So I think I was undefeated last week. I think all my games went the way I thought they were going to go. And um, so I'll, I'll go in that direction. Um, last news and note from college football, Virginia and Virginia Tech were scheduled to play today. I'm sorry, tomorrow. That game, the annual rivalry game for the Commonwealth Cup has been rescheduled to December 12th. So that's the traditional time they should play. And that's great because I would like to not have my pressure up to start the season. So they'll go on with the rest of their schedule. Hopefully everyone at Virginia Tech is okay um, you know, with the, they had some issues with COVID. They, um, the uh, Justin Fuente and Whit Babcock did not disclose any specific numbers or anything, but there were some COVID related issues that had them to shut down. They resumed football, uh, football operations, I believe, on Wednesday. So they are back at it and they'll be getting their season back on track. So Virginia um, has not started the season as of yet, and neither has Virginia Tech, I believe. So we'll um, hopefully uh, get some good football these two te- to these two teams as the season goes along, and hopefully we'll definitely see a- another classic from them on December twelfth. All right. So when I come back, I'm going to talk a little more tennis. So we've been talking a lot of tennis lately, and there's a, a breaking story uh, coming from the world of tennis. All right. So for tennis, uh, breaking news here. Um, Naomi Osaka, who just finished winning the um, U.S. Open uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, has opted out of the French Open due to her hamstring injury. The French Open is scheduled to start on the 27th of September. Currently, the players, men's and women's, are in the Italian Open tune-up. Um, so she cited, she talked as she made the announcement on social media and at that point, she basically thanked the fans. She wished the players and the um, organizers the best as they move forward with the tournament. Also, in other news, um, current uh, defending champ of the 
uh, French Open, Ashley Barty, the world's number one, will, has also opted out. So she did not play in the U.S. Open. She did not play in the French Open. So um, it's going to be a fairly wide open tournament on the women's side. So well, it's going to be uh, good tennis still being played. It's just not going to be tennis that we'll see a lot of the big names playing. And I still don't know if Serena Williams will be there, but, you know, we'll kind of have to keep an eye on that to see how that's going to go. Um, so at the Italian Open, with the lack of big names, there are some names there that's people that you think will potentially win the French Open. For example, uh, Victoria Azarenka, who is the runner-up at the U.S. Open. Um, she is there and is playing really good tennis. Um, Coco Golf fell in the round of 32. I believe we'll see her in Paris. So again, we've still got names. We've still got a lot of potential for some great tennis. It's just the question is who's going to be that player that's going to be dominant and win this thing. Um, on the other side, kind of more of an interesting news story from, um, oh, real quick, Andy Murray on the men's side. He will be a wild card. So he had a wild card invitation to the French Open. So he will compete and he will be um, unseated. I want to get that in there. Um, last piece here. Um, so you've probably potentially, if you follow tennis, you're aware of something called the Federation Cup. If you've not, the Federation Cup was developed by the International Tennis Foundation, the ITF. And when they named the cup, they called it the Fed Cup. And essentially it is a world team tennis uh, competition for women. It was developed as the um, uh, equivalent for women's tennis, uh, the Davis Cup was started by Dwight Davis for men. So Fed Cup was started in 1963. Um, this yesterday, this news came out that the Federation Cup will now be called the Billie Jean King Cup. And it renamed for the legend Billie Jean King, who won the Fed Cup seven times herself, three times as a player, three times as a non-playing captain, and once as a playing captain. Um, Billie Jean King is a trailblazer in sports, not just in tennis, just in sports. Um, so the first Davis Cup or Billie Jean King Cup now was in 1963. Um, the United States led by Billie Jean King was the inaugural winner. And then Billie Jean King um, coached the 1999 team. And what a team it was. So listen to these names. You have Monica Sellish. You had Lindsay Davenport. And of course, you had both Williams sisters. So again, they won that thing. And each one of these players has won at least, I believe, three Grand Slams, and they were one number one at least one at some point in their individual singles career. Um, I think this is a fantastic honor. Uh, Billie Jean King spearheaded the founding of the WTA, Women's Tennis Association, and World Team Tennis, which is currently uh, playing now. Um, as hopefully you are aware, her goals have always been equal rights for women, equal prize money. Um, that idea has been throughout her activism, um, not just for women, but for all people. Um, she has been a big supporter of the merging of men and men's and women's tennis. Roger Federer supports his idea, um, and they've been having some talks about it. But as of late, the talks have been breaking down a lot of 
players on the men's side have been a little bit um, um, uh, reticent about this idea. Um, she thinks that the merging of men's and women's tennis will make tennis stronger. I think that is a fantastic idea. It'd be interesting to see all of these players kind of coming together because there's good tennis on both sides, in my opinion. Um, and as I just mentioned, she has really been at the forefront of activism and she is really um, embracing and has just been so um, uh, 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 proud of the activism of current players like Naomi Osaka. Um, one of the big things that she did as an activist um, in 1970, what they call the original nine boycott and event due to differences in prize money. So they started an event in Houston so they would not get suspended. And from that event, they formed the Virginia Slims tour. So I'm old enough to remember the Virginia Slims tour. I didn't watch tennis when I was that young, but I remember seeing the commercials and seeing the players and they formed that tour in order for them to ensure that they got the, the prize money that was you know fair and, and equal for their level of play because again they were playing professional tennis and playing professional tennis as well if not better than the guys at that time okay so um i think this is a fantastic honor again and uh billy jean king deserves this um there's not you know it's one of those things where you give people their roses while they're here and i think that this is a honor that will um just be That'd be a, a long lasting honor for her. That's something that she will, you know, obviously she's very excited about it. She's very happy about it. And I think it really solidifies her place in tennis and solidifies her legacy as uh, one of the, not just one of the greatest players, but a player that used and continued to use her uh, platform in order to advance all people, women, men, uh, people of color, so um, uh, people, uh, you know, L LGBT, so just advancing um, everyone, ensuring that everyone gets an equal place at the, equal place at the table. Um, there's more uh, talk about the removal of Margaret Court's name from the stadium at Melbourne Park. So I talked about this in episode eight, but Andy Murray, who I just mentioned, who will be a wild card at the French Open, he is also on board with this idea. And um, John McEnroe and Martina Navratilova are also former champions who are in total agreement with this, in total agreement with this. So again, this is something that's been ongoing. So I'm hoping that, you know, the um, Victoria State in Australia will consider this, um, although they just recently honored her for the, for 50 years after she won her um, won her not her first Australian Open, but one of her 50 years past one of her Australian Open titles. Um, they um, honored her this past year. But again, you know, considering that we're looking, talking about Billie Jean King, um, Martina Navratilova, Renee Stubbs, all these, all these players who are looking for um, and are advocating for a more inclusive game, a more inclusive world to have someone like Margaret Court whose beliefs go against that. Um, I think that this is something that should be talked about. Now, again, people will say, well, it's cancel culture. Well, again, like I said, you know, we have to start to reckon with 
the things in our past that make us seem not like we're the best people or things that things that essentially <clears throat> excuse me mm, still drink my coffee things that um don't reflect well on who we should be or who we can be and um i'm all for it um you know unless there's some change of heart from Margaret Court, which I don't really think there could be considering, you know, there's a history. So if you want to hear kind of the the history, you know, go back and uh, listen to episode eight. I kind of go through the whole reasoning as to why um, her, a lot of people think that her name should be removed from, from that uh, stadium at, in Melbourne. Um, and in episode eight, I talk about who uh, was recommended um, their name to be on that stadium. So, you know, you'll get to learn a little history, a little more history there. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it is something that really should be revisited. And I hope that um, Victoria State, I hope there'll be enough people who will kind of push this towards fruition at some point. Well, this has been a fairly shorter episode than usual. Um, I'm up super early because I've got to go to work in a little bit. But um, hopefully I can uh, get back to you guys a little bit later with some more stuff. Um, like I said, busy Friday, Western Conference Finals tonight, U.S. Open Golf, heading to the college football weekend, gave you my picks already on what few games there are. Um, I think this thing will get better next week. The SEC will jump into this, and then we just got to wait to see will the Big Ten, you know, when the Big Ten starts. And then, of course, hopefully the Pac-10 may jump in this thing and see if they can possibly make some headway towards the college football championship. But again, that's a whole nother conversation. So thank you for tuning in. This episode was slightly longer than a wagon sprint, which is bizarre. I don't think I've had an episode this short in quite a while, but I do appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Hit me up on Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. And until I talk to you again, please take care, have a great Friday, and enjoy the weekend.